0: Hello everyone, welcome to the podcast. I'm Richard, here with Steve and Angela. Hello. Hello. And uh, we are in the Becoming Like Jesus series and our job, hopefully, well, uh, your job is to be reading and this week it should be Luke chapter 10. Our job is to talk about Luke chapter 10 so hopefully you get really excited about reading it, you feel oriented to read it and dive into um, pursuing the things we're talking about um, this week. Um, and we've been in this theme of simplicity, and so we had uh, simplicity of possessions was a kind of highlight, a focal point, and then simplicity of priorities, and uh, then this week is simplicity of purpose, and it's going to be Luke uh, chapter ten, which is quite a lot actually. We've privileged to have half a chapter the last couple of weeks. Yes, yeah,
1: so this week. This chapter. week
0: we have to not talk for three hours, and we have a whole chapter to do. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so this will be a challenge for us.
1: <laughs> oh. Hey, as we uh, dive in before kind of un- unpacking it, l- like you said, um, we've been having these different conversations on facets of simplicity. So uh, as, we, as we unpack this, um, can you maybe uh, just give a little bit of a background on, or just, uh, you know, discuss a little bit on how you think these three things kind of mm. interact, possessions, priorities, purpose, so that as we go through this, we might see, uh, although we're going to focus on purpose mm-hmm. here, you know, maybe we see some aspects of those other. Yeah, because they,
0: they're not three unrelated, right. I mean, the word simplicity is in there. So, yes, yes. But yeah, they do, they do relate, yeah. Um, I know. I bet we've all got something to say about ways that we've connected our own learning about simplicity in the three mm. areas. Um, I think um, for me, some of the, it wasn't so much possessions, but maybe relationships, like being involved in things, being able to pursue mm. things. So maybe some of the purpose stuff, actually, learning contentment, learning like, actually, that and that is enough. Um, which is countercultural, helped me to approach possessions differently. Like it it related to them. So I think there's a relationship that way that's been really interesting I've seen in my own life. Yeah, that's interesting because I I think of, I was thinking of priorities in
1: my life and then I look at possessions that I have and am I investing Mm -hmm. in in my investment often is not, not my time, but you know, things I spend money on are, I see those reflecting my priorities. Mm-hmm. And so it's been a good week for me uh, just thinking about that yeah. and, and trying to set, hmm, is that really um, the priorities of my heart
0: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> versus my external uh, actions? What about, what about you,
0: Angela?
2: For me, I, I think priorities too. I've really been sitting with that. And if someone were to look into my life and just maybe, you know, take a look at my calendar, how am I spending my time? What would they, and without knowing me at all, what would they learn from me about my priorities? And um, and so thinking about that and what, what that looks like, and that that's pretty convicting, I think that, um, honestly, I think my calendar is really packed sometimes, and um, perhaps my priorities are more, someone would say, to be doing things rather than um, that set-aside time with God. We keep saying, seeing Jesus you know, retreat from His yeah. ministry mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. go be with God and pray, and if someone's looking at my calendar, maybe it's not so much what they're seeing, but what they're not seeing is that there's more space. Yeah,
0: yeah so
2: um so is is my priority do I have pr- the priority to have um, have space to um, to allow God to to minister to me and to give me rest and direction and space throughout my day not just in one moment or you know mm. early in the morning mm. and then here we go 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 um, Jesus retreats and prays at all different types times yeah. of the day. Mm. Um, And is it enough space? Is fifteen minutes enough? Should it be two hours? So that's some of the things that I've been thinking about. Yeah, that's cool. Mm.
0: It's really interesting to me as well how our culture um, is having conversations about simplicity of possessions. There was that I can't remember it. Marie Kondo or something. There was a Netflix series, Mm -hmm. you know, like, um, and lots of people have like really embraced minimalism, but uh, but the We've managed to like monetize and make a consumerized version of minimalism, Mm -hmm, even. mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, so so even the pursuit of minimalism can be complex, not simple. mm -hmm. And so it's sort of interesting that I think that's a real entry point to a conversation about simplicity because we can, uh, some of the cultural conversations already in us. So there's some ingredients to play with and start to have Jesus refine the conversation, Mm -hmm. things like that. But then the priorities and purpose part—that's where I'm. I'm like watching culture. It's like, yeah, you can style your home to be minimalistic and have less stuff, but still be an incredibly overwhelmed person.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, it can know, take could, a lot of work. Yeah, because you're 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 divided and distracted among yeah. so many things. Yeah. And I think the the person who's got like a simplicity of priority and purpose is more effective, more fruitful. Um, And it's actually like it's healthy for Mm -hmm. us. Um, But they're also the person that tends to be the person who's happening to life. Like the world isn't pushing them around. Life isn't pushing them around. Mm -hmm. But some of their vision and values, they're actually pushing out into the world. They're being Mm -hmm. influential. And it takes that. I think, and God's called us to be influences, to be sort and light, um, to go be creative, like all of these things. And so, I I think they kind of pair up in a really interesting way to help us be sort and light. And um, like even thinking about like my growth into maturity, thinking about my kids, um, like conversations with other young people as well. So often people they get stuck at the priority stage. They're like, oh, I know this is valuable, this is less valuable, this is more valuable, that's not valuable, I know all that stuff. Like, great. But has that then informed, oh, so I'm going to pursue this? Like, has it become intentionality? Has it become a goal? Has it become you looking at your schedule, say, and looking at Tuesday afternoon and knowing Mm -hmm. this is what Tuesday afternoons for? because your values are now helping you to shape how to filter and process the possibilities of Tuesday afternoon to actually give it, you know, to align yeah. it with a purpose. So purpose, it, I feel like purpose and priorities are really close together. They're really, close. really close. Really close, but there is a difference because I've watched people have priorities but not purpose. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it is like there's a, a really interesting step between those two that um, can be hard to take sometimes.
2: Is it more so priorities is something that we identify and and purpose is more something that based on priorities, it's now our action plan.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And and I think like sometimes priorities can be we have a theoretical view of like, oh, mm-hmm. yeah, in theory, I, I yeah. prioritize, it. I value this. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's like the question we gave communities last week. Mm-hmm. Was okay, but yeah. If someone else was like a fly on the wall of your life mm-hmm, for a week, mm-hmm. what would they say your priorities are? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And all the people, you know, we talked about that at young adults. Yeah. So it was like, oh, boof, like because yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. um, there can be a difference between um, what we, yeah, abstractly, aspire to have as our priorities, and what we actually reflect, you know, in mm-hmm. our priorities as well. And I think, may so maybe purpose. Is the move that then brings those two together. So, what we say and what we do really align. Mm-hmm. And
2: it's interesting. I just think in everyday conversation, I mean, think about like if you were to just like, you know, meet someone, have go out to dinner and talk about like, get to know them. Oh, these are my priorities in life. These are things that I really love to do, things that are important with me. You know, if you ask someone, what are your priorities? That's, you know, it would be kind of a, a flowing conversation. But then if you were to drop the bomb and go, And what is your purpose? Yes. How much would that conversation actually then flow?
0: Yeah. You know, Mm. considering
2: that, that's a little bit harder to talk about. It is. That's Mm. a little harder to identify. And I think this scripture in Luke 10 really gets us going on that. Mm.
0: Yeah. So we should get to Luke 10. So let's Let's do it. Let's see what Jesus has has to say about it rather than us. (laughs) So we'll we'll take this like a little little chunk at a time, um, I guess. But maybe um, set the tone with a refresher like what did, what have we read the last couple like things that have been happening the last couple of weeks um in Luke so we've had um Jesus sent out the 12 apostles and they went and healed and cast out demons it was really cool um Jesus fed the 5000 as well uh, the disciples had an interesting like mm. oh nothing it's impossible for something to happen here. And then Jesus being like, no, 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 I'm going to do a thing. So interesting, like faith moment. And um, along the way here, there's like little ingredients of um, who's Jesus, what's Jesus really about? Mm -hmm. So Peter says, you're the Messiah, you know, like an amazing moment. And and then Jesus is like, and that means I'm going to go die on a cross. And then the disciples, you know, they're blanking on that, having a hard time about that. Jesus is trying to relate his own walk towards the cross to the call of discipleship mm-hmm. to take up their cross. There's that literal high point on a mountain, then we get the transfiguration, transfiguration. Yeah. Um, which again is about Jesus's like being like what his trajectory is, what yeah. he's about. And then this really interesting um, Jesus doing the right thing, healing people. Uh, and the disciples arguing about who's the greatest, mm-hmm. being upset that someone else is casting out demons in Jesus' name. Um, and and just before this bit of Luke 10, the bit just before was Jesus warning people about some things that can get in the way that can disrupt discipleship, mm-hmm. um, where people want to follow, but it's not going to work out, and something needs to be left behind. And so then we enter Luke 10, mm-hmm. and... Um, it's interesting because it's almost like, oh, wait, did we just read this? Right. Because mm-hmm. Jesus is sending people out again. Um, last time he sent out the 12. So that's like that inner circle of people. It's a little um, bit expanded. Now. Yeah. And I think sometimes actually this is an interesting like point of history is mm-hmm. we imagine like, yeah, Jesus is roaming the Galilean countryside with 12 people and maybe a couple of others. And, um, you know, they, they get to do cool stuff. Well, Jesus is here sending out 72 of his core followers. Like Mm -hmm. Jesus is actually roaming around with maybe hundreds of people at a time. Yeah, this is actually, it's quite different. You know, Jesus Mm -hmm. rolling Mm -hmm. into town is an event, you know. Um, So, yeah, just interesting little like get that picture in our mind's eye of like what's Jesus's life walking around doing ministry for three years actually look like. So he's uh, appointed, so he's selected 72 in addition to the 12, so 72 other people, and sent them out. He's got um, instructions yeah, for Yeah, in pairs. Um, yeah. So, but then what he says about to prepare them, you know, to help shape their expectations here is really interesting. <laughs> oh, I know that, that verse three. Well, even before that, this this is like this does what? not sound like the encouraging way to no. send someone no. out to me. <laughs> I would not. Like, I, I it's not, not send, a pep talk. Send, like I've got to send this youth team <laughs> off on their mission trip, and yeah. I'm going to tell them this. Yeah. So this is sort of interesting. Yeah.
1: So he says uh, as he as he sends about two by two, tell him to go uh, a- ahead of him. So he's not going with them.
0: No, But he will be coming. Yes, he will be coming. Mm -hmm. And he does do that sort of debrief with them. We'll get to that Mm -hmm. um, again later in the chapter. Yeah.
1: The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. I I read that and I go, okay, pause for a second. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Sounds like there's work to do. There's a lot of work to do. Um, And there's not a lot of you to go out there. But then this next line... And then he's like, "Okay, you got that. Now go. I'm sending you out like lambs among the wolves. And don't take your purse or bag or sandals. Uh, Don't greet anyone
0: on the road. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, a little. Don't be distracted. (laughs) I mean, it's similar because we talked about some of those those issues a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. But don't greet anyone on the road is an interesting addition at this point. Yeah because in that culture you any time you bumped into anyone you gave them some rich time mm-hmm. and so what jesus is communicating is a sort of sense of urgency stay focused like even that important thing you normally do like people might think you're a bit rude yeah. but you need to stay focused which is exactly what just happened at the end of luke 9 that village yeah. thought jesus was a bit rude because he was like guys i'm passing through i'm on my way to mm-hmm, jerusalem mm-hmm. They were like, well, that's a bit rude. Aren't you here to see us? So, yeah, there is this sense of urgency, and and it's interesting. So that question of priorities, um, uh, Mm -hmm, again, sort mm -hmm. of comes into view.
2: And it just to repeat what you said a little bit, just I want to highlight, I mean, it does really have to connect with this idea of distractions will be there. Mm -hmm. Distractions will be there, but I'm sending you on a mission. And I, w- I have a particular place and purpose for you. Um, it, it's not going to be easy. You're being sent out like lambs am- among wolves. and But I have a job for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so and Yeah, the, he- da-
0: the warning of danger there. Mm-hmm. Lambs among wolves. It's really interesting because it is like, hey, there's wolves out there. Not so you need to be a wolf too. Because you're supposed to take up your cross and right. die, mm-hmm. so you're going to be lambs among wolves. Yeah. So it's really interesting because it's a it's a warning. But our culture's way of warning is like, man, people people Arm are going to be like wolves, so you better wolf up as well. Yeah, um, that's not no. At that's at actually, that's not what he's saying.
2: Yeah. And don't take purse <clears> or bag <throat> or sandals. You know, basically, your needs are going to be met. You don't, we, and this is an echoing from um, what we read in in Luke 9 Mm -hmm. about the importance still of being having a simple um, simplicity in your possessions. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Um, And then also bringing in this purpose aspect don't greet anyone on the road, get to where you're, you know, get to where you're going, don't look, don't. Don't be distracted.
0: Focus, focus. Mm -hmm. And it is because this is where like those priorities and purposes are seen becoming action. Yeah. Like giving a clear sense of like the priorities is like, no, going and telling people about the kingdom is more important than greeting someone on the road. Mm -hmm. So there's um, understanding the difference of value between those two Mm. is going to help them in the moment if mm-hmm. like like that question Angela like so if someone asks them, Hey, you're being rude, why aren't you greeting us? What's your purpose? Mm-hmm. Oh our purpose is this? We're going to do uh, this. we're going to this house. This yeah. Is like what we're they going know after. they'll know yeah. their yeah. purpose. Yeah. yeah. They'll know their purpose. Mm-hmm.
1: So would purpose um as I think about is often, you know, we talk about it in I think a very cultural you know way we talk about it now. It's like what's your mission? Mm-hmm. You know is that the s- same thing here are you using those things kind of equivocally mm-hmm. yeah okay that's my yeah. thought yeah. yeah
0: that's helpful yeah and then just what it's he gives them some expectations what it should look like that i find really interesting mm. when i think about how am i looking out into my neighborhood and framing like man i want to i want to get to know these people like they need jesus and I want to love them and show them Jesus, you know. Um, it w- when I sort of put their mission in my context mm-hmm. and then think about this next bit where Jesus says, you know, um, when you enter a house, say, peace to this house. And if there's a son of peace there, your peace will rest. But if not, it will return to you. It's almost like this invitation of like, offer, offer peace. Like offer the opportunity. Mm. And if people turn it down, move on. It is, and it's really interesting; like there is a sense of urgency here of prioritize the people who want to have that conversation, mm-hmm. which is, yeah, it's really interesting to me. I, I don't think because there is a lot of other stuff in Scripture here, um, so and Jesus is doing that thing of warning again. Mm-hmm. So he's not saying, you yeah, know, if someone rejects, then that's it; they're done. Like they never get a second chance. They, you don't don't ask them a second time. You know, it's in this in this moment of Jesus trying to like push the kingdom and get the message mm-hmm, out mm-hmm. as wide as possible. It's a different context, but it is really thought provoking because I think we hate the rejection and feel like oh, I really want to persevere. I really want to pray, and we should look for the next opportunity and things like yeah. that. But there's clearly maybe more freedom than we think that if someone says no then like I don't know not to take no as oh so now you're my you're my focal point as a project. Right, right. You've said no and I'm gonna wear you down. Yeah. yeah. So, you know what I mean? I think yeah. sometimes we just have that kind of response and it's like actually Jesus is saying something really different here. So yeah, yeah, are you really it's, it's, it is it is
2: freeing. Like are you going to receive the peace of Christ and if not if not the peace comes back to me the one who wants to share it. And do I get riled up when someone says no, I don't want to mm-hmm. receive the peace of Christ? Do I get all like ruffled, you know, my my feathers ruffled, kind of like argumentative or or hurt like well what well, you know yeah. that makes me feel bad because mm-hmm. you're not listening to me. I mean, there's the pride, all the things, and he's just saying it's you're gonna just receive my peace right back. If they don't receive it, then you get it back. Yeah, which I I love. That's mm-hmm. like double blessing right there. Mm. Yeah.
0: And so they're gonna go around like from house to house, and Jesus says like, hey, some of those houses they're gonna feed you. Be grateful. Like that's a good thing. You can accept that hospitality because. I'm sending you out to work. And some of these, like, right, there's a righteousness to hospitality that's actually part of God's way of providing for these people. And, um, yeah, that, so he actually says, like, when people offer you something to eat, that's the laborer getting their wages. Mm-hmm. Like, that's God caring for and providing for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but but don't go from house to house. <laughs> so don't take advantage of people's generosity. Like, I, I don't know. Can you imagine, you know, like the, there's the pastor who's like, Oh, this is great, man. Like people will have us over for dinner seven nights a week. Yeah, 365. Yeah. Why, we never to need to eat or show yeah, hospitality yeah. or do anything ourselves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, no, that's not the point. Cause again, it, it's knowing the purpose, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like keep the, that, to start to be like, well, I wonder how many other free meals we could get. Like, mm. it'd be really fun when people receive us. That would really stoke my ego and make me feel good. You know, yeah. like, the you just see how that's actually starting to pursue a different purpose.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, in, in this next section, when he talks about now towns, you know, the same type of thing, you know, when you enter a town, are welcome to eat, eat what's offered, you know, and then do this work. And in both cases, so if I and look, sorry, and then talks about towns that where they're not welcome, go mm-hmm. out and and leave. But in both cases, he, he's asking them to give this announcement of the kingdom of God. Yes, yeah. come near. And so, I think we're getting a little clue into like, actually, what your purpose is in doing all mm-hmm. of this is
0: um, is pretty clear. Yeah, it's yeah. the pro- our purpose. Our like our responsibility is the proclamation, yeah, not the response. Correct. We still pray for people to respond, pray for people to hear, pray for like, yeah, pray for all those things. Yeah. Um. But yeah, our our responsibility, like we're held accountable to. Did you proclaim?
1: Yeah, and that's so freeing, you know, because when we get sidetracked in the purpose of not only am I to proclaim, but my purpose is also to you know, really convince or, you know, sort of, you know, change someone's mind. I get all wrapped up in that, and that's this purpose of, it's all on me. You know, it's a weight that's on me. I'm like, hold on a second. That's not, if my purpose is simply to proclaim, Mm -hmm. then I don't have the weight of the response. Yes, I want to pray for them, but like God's got, God's going to do his Thing. Yeah. And I'm going to, I need to let him. But my, if he's saying, go out and proclaim, simply yeah. as that.
2: And, and I just, you know, I was thinking about this. He sends a, people into the towns ahead of him. Mm-hmm. And it, it's like they're announcing, they're looking for for who's going to receive the peace. They're announcing that the kingdom of God has come near to you. And isn't that an echo of John the Baptist in Matthew mm-hmm. 3? Too, I think, where Mm. he he's announcing. It's so it's this going forward to announce that that Jesus is coming ahead of time. Um, And I just I've never seen that before. I think it's interesting. And there's an echo throughout a few times we've seen Mm -hmm. um, in the Book of Luke.
0: And so that's a tangible example of it. But actually, again, that's really reassuring. It's like, oh, God's method Mm -hmm. is actually not like, hey, Richard, I want you to talk to your neighbor. And this is going to be like, this is going to be it. This is the one time it like everything's on that moment. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. no, God has a strategy Mm -hmm. and is Mm -hmm. like, I'm going to do this, then this, then this. And um, we don't always know the strategy, but we're a part of it. Mm -hmm. And that's actually uh, quite reassuring as well mm-hmm. and, and also i think the interesting the countercultural thing is how the re- how the response is when people say no if you imagine someone says no you know and i'll call you well no worries man you do you like don't don't feel yeah. bad that's fine you know mm. um but actually like to wipe the dust off your feet on the way out of town if the town it's rejects you is it, a way to say to the town like you guys y- there's something so wrong with you that um, I feel polluted by having spent yeah. time with you. I mean, that's like, and then Jesus goes on to give some woes. Yeah. So say, like, hey, this town, like, you gotta realize how bad it is. Like, you should compare yourself to Sodom and Gomorrah yeah. or to Tyre and Sidon or to, you know, it's just like, wow. So, so can you tell? Th- there's, a- there's a warning as well. Mm-hmm. And when people reject the offer, um, it's okay. To communicate that that's a bad thing.
1: Yeah, yeah. So give us the context of like these these cities versus so Chorazan and Bethsaida versus Tyre and Sidon, yeah, and even Capernaum. Like, why would that have been like a real whoa? Like, you kind of don't understand how far off you how. Yeah, is how this long just like Tiger
0: Beaverton? Does it matter? These yeah. are just different places. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, Chorazin and Bethsaida are some of the small towns Jesus has gone through.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Tyre and Sidon are like Gentile trading ports. Mm. They're like, they epitomize the kind of Greek world. Right. You know, different values, consumerism, getting into bed with the Roman Empire, just, you know, different values. And yeah, they might think we're better than you. That's what it comes down to. And yeah. Jesus is turning it around and being like, no, you've got to realize, like, if I'd gone to them instead of you, they would have actually had a much better response than you. Mm-hmm. They would have succeeded where you failed. Mm-hmm. And so I think Jesus is, th- I mean, and you see this a lot in the culture that Jesus mm-hmm. is encountering in Judaism. There is a holier-than-thou attitude.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And Jesus is wanting to confront the holier-than-thou attitude because it gets in the way of really seeing yourself the way you are. Yeah. But also warn them because they've actually rejected him. Yeah. Uh, The the seriousness, the sort of shock of what that rejection should really mean. Mm. Yeah.
1: No, that's good.
0: And Capernaum, yeah, that's like one of those central, you know, like jewel in the crown of that area, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. Important town.
1: Well, and he spent a lot of time
0: there. Yeah. Where, well, like, what's, what's the end of your story man Capernaum's like that's a cool place oh you're going to be brought down to Hades well yeah. oh, that doesn't sound good <laughs> yeah. yeah really interesting yeah. So, there, so then um, well actually uh, this is worth reading this key verse here because Jesus yeah. brings this all together it says the one who hears you hears me and the one who rejects you rejects me and the one who rejects me rejects him who sent me. So that's really sort of interesting perspective of helping us understand how we, as a messenger, as an ambassador of Jesus, as an emissary of Jesus, should interact with being accepted or rejected. Like when we go present Jesus to someone and there's acceptance, we shouldn't allow it to stoke our pride because what they're actually accepting is Jesus. We Mm -hmm. should be thankful for Jesus and glorify God. Mm -hmm. But also if they're rejecting, like it's Jesus that they're rejecting. And we don't need, I mean, sometimes there's things to learn. (laughs) Like, oh, I could have done that interaction. I could have done that conversation better. You know, like it doesn't mean we don't learn from but uh the bottom line is we shouldn't be so discouraged as like, well, you know, the world hates Richard, Richard should never try yeah. and be an ambassador of Jesus to the yeah. world. Like no, the bits of the world that are rejecting Jesus, like the problem they have is with Jesus, that's yeah. the primary thing. Um, so yeah, just understanding the actual dynamics in the spiritual realm that are playing out, we have we have to include more than just, um, who are the physical people present, and that being the whole story. Um, there's a spiritual sort of reality yeah. um, going on in these sorts of interactions that the seventy-two are going to have. Yeah, I'm glad, and, you and s- us too.
1: I'm glad you said that, just because I'm. I mean, I've you know hearing this is is an encouragement to me because I've certainly been in those spots where I take it personally. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and, and that's my pride getting in the way, but take it personally that I just can't get through to them. You know, Mm -hmm. they're not listening to me. What am I doing wrong? Yeah. Um, I, gosh, I've had this conversation with friends and, and, you know, family as well that, and I just uh, like, I, I get frustrated. Um, but that's an encouragement to say, no, look really where the issue is, is of course, maybe there's some things I can do differently. But really, what they're really pushing back on yeah. is that you know God's truth.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And it's it's really interesting. Uh, I mentioned pride. You just mentioned mm. it. And thinking about the next bit, oh, interesting. right? Because yeah, yeah. I, I can see a, con- a connection. Then actually, because mm-hmm. the seventy-two came back after spending this time, and they've been around a few towns. So it's sort of yeah. like. This wasn't an afternoon excursion. Like this is, they've spent some days doing this, and they're like, "Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name." They're so like excited about being able to to be involved in exercising that sort of power. Yeah, you know, it's sort of um, they're buzzing. They're on a high. They're on
2: a mission trip high. Mission trip high. We can we can very much guess based on how Jesus replies right away yeah. that they're puffed up with pride yeah, because he's got some harsh words. He doesn't pat them on the back and go, mm-hmm. you did awesome. That's the way. Isn't it great? He starts off talking about Satan. I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I've given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. However... He's, he's he's like admonishing them, don't rejoice that the spirits submit to you. Um, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. And that's a heart check for missionaries, yeah. For anybody in ministry work. And just
0: in ministry at all, anyone mm-hmm. serving. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like the high the bars should be our names are written in heaven. Yeah. The We're end. adopted into the father's family. Like that that's our primary we need like another word. It's not purpose. It's not priorities. But like, that's the thing that should be in the foreground as a source mm-hmm. of our joy and enjoyment and feeling like we're thriving and fulfilled and because you know, like we're en- what we're energized by. All those sorts yeah, of things. The yes. motivation for our purpose. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, the yeah, the drive. Yeah. That yeah, and, and they're, sorry, sorry, go ahead. No, go, you go ahead. I was going to say, they're, uh-huh. they're very much, it's like they're reflecting this drive for successful performance. Yes. <laughs> you know, and he's like, eh.
2: And I Wrong. love that he, he, like, points out it's not the circumstance that you should have the joy in. It's the constant, uh, the constant thing that your names are written in heaven. And... The fact that their names are written in heaven is not going away based on circumstance. Mm-hmm. That's permanent. What isn't permanent is how somebody's going to respond mm-hmm. on a mission trip. Yeah. Um, yeah, because
0: if we put our value or our performance in those things, our sense of value is going to waver a lot, right? Mm-hmm. And actually, if we get this right, there's a security and steadiness in our own sense, like understanding where the value of things lies Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so interesting i mean can you imagine like the disciples like wow we got to cast out a a demon and jesus being like dudes like i i saw when he fell the first time yeah and i've given you authority like like i i i i have so much more to like i can have so much more of a buzz than you guys right now but i tell you what that's not a thing that we should be rejoicing about. Yeah. Like, And actually, because it's interesting, like you think about John's gospel and the way Jesus then, re- like, I rejoice, Father, yeah. that none of these that you've given me have been lost. Yeah. And just yeah. like Jesus' own joy in the fact that these people's names are written in heaven yeah. um, rather than that the kingdom of darkness you know, he's like, man, I had a, I had a fight with the kingdom of darkness, and I won. You know, yeah, like yeah. actually, Jesus's own sense of joy and purpose centers on the sort of turning on the light, not shouting at the darkness, yeah, sort yeah, of side of things. Yeah. So, and even that he nec- reflects this. E- even the next verse is,
1: we see him full of joy through the Holy Spirit. Yeah, saying, Father, I praise you. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, but that same like you said even from John's gospel um, and when he talks about his joy that these you know um, that he's he's none have been lost mm-hmm. you know and it's even here he's full of joy <laughs> yeah yeah
0: i actually i love this phrase in that hour he rejoiced in the holy spirit it's a really unique phrase mm-hmm. like you would think jesus is a person exhibiting the fruits of the spirit all the time mm-hmm. one of those is joy So what is it that's really special about this moment where Luke's like, okay, this is like rejoicing. This is like super, uh, or I should say, Holy Spirit supercharged joy. Like a moment of just like overwhelming, like appreciation of joy. Um, It's really interesting. It's like really elevates the value of what Jesus is saying is the cause of joy here. And and it is... um, it's to do with the good of the Father's will manifesting, yeah. like yeah. The, the 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 ground that's being taken with these disciples. And, and you know, you talk about pride again. Not like, thank you, Father, like the most important people in Galilee are my disciples, yes. right? <laughs> or something like that. Because mm-hmm. we can be that way, right? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, man, like I've, I've got to talk to my neighbor and they're like VP of Nike. Or, you yeah. know, just yeah. <laughs> like... Yeah. Um, like, our way of valuing the people around us. And Jesus is like, man, you've revealed this to little children. And so, this... like, fishermen who can't get their foot out of their mouth. Like, <laughs> that's who you've revealed it to. <laughs> and and it actually amplifies his sense of joy. The father is reaching the marginalized, the lowly. You know, it just is so countercultural, Jesus' well, way of rejoicing here.
1: Yeah, and I, I see him in, as he finishes up. He's like, yes, father. It's like he, his joy is because father you did this is what pleased you mm-hmm. this is what you wanted to do and so yeah. I'm excited about that yeah
2: <laughs> and I feel like it's just this moment of realization also if we're talking about purpose right the theme is purpose we get a glimpse into uh God's purpose mm-hmm. and um mm-hmm. and his his purpose is not what we expect here and I feel like this joy from Jesus this Holy Spirit joy is this realization of of he's he's getting he, he's getting this this fruit of god's purpose in the way that the lord's revealing himself in and through these lowly disciples mm-hmm. and would this not encourage this joy not encourage jesus knowing that the very humblest of missionaries and god's children will be um, exalted in the economy of, of the Lord, just as Jesus would be on the cross. Like, Jesus knew he was going to the cross, and just for him to get this glimpse of God's heart and it's a mystery. The Trinity. Did he not know God's heart? Yes. I mean, that's all. These are all questions, right? But, yeah. but I think that his joy has something to do with it. Like he's realizing, mm. like, like this is the heart of God, and it's beautiful. Yeah. Um, and I'm part of this, and yeah. and so are these disciples, as an extension of me. And I
0: think, like, especially verse 22, mm. it's quite explicit. Then, like, the the purpose is like Jesus wants to draw people close to himself. Mm-hmm. Like, be close to Jesus so that you can be close to the father. Mm, mm. Like that is the the driving purpose. Yes. Um, that he's rejoicing about because those dynamics are actually working. Yeah, you know, the, the I mean again John's gospel is really interesting to read alongside this because there's sections where John is uh riffing on some of the same parts of what Jesus said about these themes as Luke is here. Mm. Um and just that like John 14, 15, 16 where Jesus is just rejoicing that like oh man you guys have seen the father. Yeah. Because you've because you've known me. Yeah. And Jesus is so stoked that now they know more about the father because of him. And it's like I'm I'm fulfilling my mission. I'm fulfilling my purpose. Um yeah. So it's such a this like this would be a good memory verse. <laughs> like really important. It like seems Jesus' like this purpose is statement
1: pretty clear as well, you know, for This culture, um, I mean, there's only one father that he could be referring to here. I Mm -hmm. mean, this seems like a pretty outright declaration of his divinity. Yeah, that's true. As well, it's like, hey, it's not just you know some other guy, you know, like no, and like I am God.
0: Yeah. Yeah. um, Yeah. Yeah, The the exclusivity of the father son relationship. Yeah. Uh, No one knows who the son is except the father. Yeah, or the Father is, except the Son. So it's like that you talk about the Trinity, yeah, and it's like the the understanding of God and His mission and His priorities and yeah. His purposes, things like that. Like no one's gonna like the Father and the Son share that yeah. in a way that's so exclusive. But then Jesus, like, and, and that's like, yeah, God's transcendent. We're never gonna get Him, of course. Mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. all this stuff. I, it reminds me of like 1 um, Corinthians 2 where it's like no one has them, you know, no one can understand, no mm-hmm. eye has seen, no one can comprehend right. or, or can even enter into your heart what God actually wants to do. But Christ has given us his mind by the Spirit. Mm-hmm. And so... It's sort of the surprise twist of it mm. is, yeah, that totally makes sense. Like the father and son, man, they got to be like on a different level to mm-hmm, us. Mm-hmm. And then Judas is like, and I can share it with you. That's right. So that's so exciting as well, isn't it? Yeah. Um, that that is actually a possibility. Yeah. And that it's not just a possibility for the 12 who walked with him, but then Paul talks about it. it's a possibility for all people mm-hmm, by the power mm-hmm. of the Spirit. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, man, we're doing like, Good biblical theology day, like pulling all the verses together, <laughs> bits of scripture. It's like, true. This People is awesome. are probably like, We're going to keep nerding out for bit. Yeah, yeah, we have to. We have to I keep going.
2: It. We don't want this podcast to be yeah. well, hours. Well,
0: so here, this is interesting, right? So we've got this purpose in view, okay. like Jesus being really clear about his purpose. Mm-hmm. The disciples having been confused about purpose, and then we bump into the parable of the good Samaritan next, yeah. and it can feel like a hard left turn, but I think it is about purpose Okay, let's, because, let's because you've unpack got that. a catalog of people who all interact differently mm-hmm. to a situation based on their different priorities, based on w- whether they think they should do something. Mm-hmm. Is it their purpose, mm-hmm. you know, or is their purpose something else? So it seems like a hard left <clears throat> turn, but actually I think Luke is like being led by the spirit to join these things up because this is like the object lesson. Um, so, goodness, this is one of these like it's a simple story. Yes, Jesus' parables to get the simple truth, and then we could probably talk for two hours about yeah. this. Cause it's such a beautiful story yeah. with so much richness to it as well. Um, I'd, actually, I and I had forgotten for a second. You got the lawyer who asked the question that teased this up, which mm-hmm. is a really interesting moment as well, right? Yeah, um, he's
2: a he's a maybe a Pharisee, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Mhm. So so Jesus is rejoicing that their names are written in heaven, that that he's revealed the father to them. So the question, what must I do to, inher- in, to inherit eternal life mm-hmm, mm-hmm. has just kind of the ingredients Luke just laid out. Mm-hmm. It's like you need to be close to the sun, so the the sun can draw you close to the father. That's that's what mm-hmm. eternal life is. Um uh, but the teacher says, "What must I do to inherit eternal yeah, life?" He's looking at what must I perform actions. Yeah, what must yeah. I perform
2: to merit eternal life? So, just to pause here for a second, you the the players in the p- previous past, the previous verses were disciples, part of the seventy-two. Yeah, right, and they went on a mission trip. Yeah, and they proclaimed. Um, the the coming of Jesus they they offered peace and um, and now and they came back and they were all they jazzed their, up they healed they five in each so other so now as a juxtaposition you have an a teacher of the law so different type of person mm-hmm. with a different type of question and this wasn't. This person was not one of the disciples going out and healing. We can yeah. assume, right? Yeah. So anyway, I just wanted to highlight that because yeah. it's a layering so it's a a of scene different. Here. It's yeah. a change of scene mm-hmm. and a change of 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 the per, the type of person pursuing faith.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so he asks, "What must I do?" And Jesus says, "Well, what's written." in the law, in the Torah. Like, what's the most authoritative answer to this? And the guy answers, you should love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. So it's basically, you need to love God, you need to be close to God, to love God, Mm -hmm. right? And then that love should shape how you love others. Love your neighbor as yourself. So um, actually the ingredients of the things Jesus was rejoicing over are in this statement mm-hmm. for, for the the great Shema, the like one of these landmark uh, ways that Israel is going to pray, speak identity over themselves, speak purpose over themselves mm-hmm. constantly. I mean, it is a purpose. This statement, is our it? purpose as a people. Yeah. So this is a purpose statement. And, um, Jesus says, that's right. Do that and you'll live. Yeah. Um, uh, which is really interesting because can you do that? Can you just like go do that? Like love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul. And, like I would really need some help. <laughs> yeah, on yeah. my own doing this. If I as think well.
2: I can do it, then probably I can. Yeah.
0: So there's like a legalistic <laughs> way to interact with this. Um. Yeah, and and that's I don't know. There's just some interesting yeah. stuff there. Given that it, it then says that. This guy wanted to justify himself. So what he was really looking for was to Jesus, for Jesus to say, you're okay, you're already yeah. going to inherit eternal yeah. life. You have loved the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and you have loved your neighbor as yourself. He wants the affirmation. He thinks he's doing it. Um, and he it's interesting because he's sort of going to Jesus to cross-examine him, to interact with him. Like the Pharisees and and lawyers did have this posture of like, externalizing jesus not drawing close to him kind of well we're going to judge you like maybe god's doing a thing but um god's already done a thing with us we know because we've got the torah um so we'll sit in judgment over you you know and just but he's kind of still looking for validation Mm. uh, in the midst of it So, so it's a really interesting sort of the different attitudes that are in yeah. play in this interaction.
1: But you know one attitude that's that's I I just saw too is like even in his question justifying himself you know cuz he asks the question who's my neighbor? So if you know mm-hmm. hey how do I do this love God love your neighbor, he's basically saying well, let's just assume everybody. I love God. You know mm-hmm. that. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and I know what
2: love is, and I completely know what that means. How to do that? Yeah, so. yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. But there, but Jesus answers them on you know, about the na- about what loving
0: your neighbor looks. Mm-hmm. Like. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's yeah, that's, that's the interesting thing. Mm-hmm. I think we'll talk about in a sec. Mm-hmm. He gets a radical lesson in like, hey, you're confused about what loving me and loving your neighbor actually yeah. is. Mm-hmm. And what it reveals is you don't actually understand God's love. Yeah. You need to draw close to God and you actually need to receive and, and learn about and experience God's love. Um, So it is actually becomes a call because I'm layering some other language Mm -hmm, over this. mm -hmm. That's maybe our modern way of talking Mm -hmm. is that sort of like be close to Jesus Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and being close to Jesus will then mean Jesus will send you and you're, your purpose is going to align with Jesus's purpose mm-hmm. to, to have other people draw close to Jesus and be drawn close to the Father. Oh. Like that's the most important thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so for, for this lawyer, their need is actually to draw close to God's love. They yeah. don't understand God's love. Yeah. And that, that's what they're wrong with. That's what's going to be revealed. And so should we tell the story? I feel like I've talked loads. Go on, give us a yeah, give us a rendition a of the story then, so that we've Jesus got tells. This,
1: uh this guy going from Jerusalem to Jericho. He's attacked, stripped, yeah. beaten, um, left for dead. So you've got first you've got this priest coming along. Um, and he sort of goes down the other side of the road. <laughs> um and he just um he just keeps going. And so uh Then a Levite, same type of thing. He passes on the other side. But the Samaritan, right, who's traveling, um, came, sees him, and basically takes care of him, bandages him up, takes Mm -hmm. him to a hotel, um, to an inn, uh, fixes him up, says, hey, I'm going to pay for him look after him until I come back. I'm going to pay whatever it costs to, yeah. you know, for fixing them up. So we've got these three interactions here. Yeah, um, And so then Jesus is questioning. <laughs> so after he tells the story, he's, he's like, all right, so which one, um, uh, which of these three was neighborly? Yeah. You know, um, if your question was about, Loving neighbors, you know, how do I do that? Like, well, which one of these guys? But I think, like you said, he's further unpacking,
0: yeah, yeah. And then he's challenged, like, okay, go do it, yeah. And so, yeah,
2: and so, like, I think it's interesting the people in this story. So, here, here, Jesus is giving this parable to somebody who is a Pharisee, so, um, he's a, and then the. The parable is about, it has a priest in it, a holy man, right? A Levite, mm-hmm. also, it's a priest, a royal priesthood line, right? Yeah,
0: like an important, mm-hmm. righteous, mm-hmm. Yeah. Like set apart person. Yes. Yeah, yeah.
2: And then, then the Samaritan, who is just. A detestable person. Oh, yeah. Scum yeah. of the earth. Yeah. The like, Samaritans as far, as far are someone that holy concerned. people should yeah. definitely stay away from. You would so
0: never expect something ever. good from that person. No, and don't in. help no.
2: them. Yeah. Never help them. Um and so that's why in the story, this wouldn't probably surprise um the 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 audience, because of course the priest isn't gonna come help, and of course the Levite isn't. Yeah. Um,
0: when the Samaritan enters stage mm-hmm, right, mm-hmm. this is like the music goes. Dun goes, dun, goes, dun, and goes What's going to happen? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah,
2: and then here yeah. comes yeah. the lowliest of the low, like scum of the earth, and he's actually the one. So Jesus is saying, "Be like the Samaritan," which is just it's it's um, it's completely countercultural. Yes, and it's it will definitely, it's making a statement that, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're to do, be countercultural in how yes. you show my love, mm-hmm. not just to the people who you think deserve it, um, but, uh, but, the, but, you know, your neighbors, basically everyone, yeah. and don't discriminate. Yeah.
0: Well, it's interesting because you say, like, the first two are like these holy men. Mm-hmm. Actually, that gave them a reason to cross the other side and not engage. Mm-hmm. Maybe the priest was on his way to serve in the temple, and if he yeah. touched this man who's maybe dead and his blood, mm-hmm. he's now polluted for seven days mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. can't serve. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, things like that. so they have mm-hmm. reasons. They do not have to engage, reasons. Yes, but what Jesus makes clear is y- the priorities are wrong, and yeah, because yeah. the priorities are wrong, they got the purpose wrong. Yeah, yeah, you're chasing the wrong purpose. Yeah, and the Samaritan, oh, the, the person you didn't expect, had the purpose right. That's that's like the the and Sidon. Mm-hmm. Versus I was going to say thing yeah, again, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. It's That's actually great. surprising who responds rightly. Yeah, yeah. I also, I think, something that Jesus really, the way he tells the story, that emphasizes is the radical generosity with which this Samaritan, in, you know, yeah, it's he, not. He, like he doesn't he like. Are, are, you, are, you okay? are you okay? Well, you are yeah. alive? So I guess you'll you'll probably hopefully you be okay, man. Like, here's a bit of water. Uh, I hope you're okay. Like, no, like, what cares for him? Nurses him. Like spends his time, his energy, spends two days' wages, yeah. and says, "Like, keep caring for him when I come back on my journey, which is probably going to be a week or two later. I'll pay whatever extra, so m- like uh, maybe another couple of weeks' wages yeah. to care for it. Like the just the radical generosity this Samaritan puts behind the right purpose. You know, it co- it costs him so much to do the right purposeful mm. thing here. It's really interesting that." That um, generosity comes up alongside Mm -hmm. his purpose here, yeah, yeah, because it is—it's not just the one who showed him mercy, but the one who showed him radically generous mercy, isn't it? Yeah, a very different, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and then because we, everybody's like, go do it. (laughs) We've talked for like fifty-five minutes, so so let's have a quick chat about Mary and Martha to finish up here, right? So that's the because actually. Again, it feels like a a hard left turn. Um, you know, Like, oh, what's the next scene? Something really different (laughs) again. Boom, we shift. But actually, I think purpose enters here as well, doesn't Mm -hmm. it? So um, Jesus is in another village. There's this uh, woman named Martha who's like, hey, come stay with me, which is really interesting. Jesus is doing the thing the 72 were told to do. Right, right. Like he's welcomed, Mm -hmm. his peace is received. And she's got a sister that says, Mary and Martha. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, And we just got to say, like in this culture, you invite someone into your home, especially an honored guest, you're killing the fatted calf. Like you're pulling out all the steps to try to honor that person. And to not do that would actually be to dishonor them. Mm -hmm. And by dishonoring them, bring dishonor upon yourself and your family's reputation. Um, So the need to show radical hospitality here is really high. And, uh, uh, which is, we need that culture to follow the story. Sure. So like, okay, so Martha's welcomed it in. She's got a sister called Mary. And then we read, and Mary sat at Jesus' feet and listened to him. Yeah. And there's two shocks in that. One is like, why weren't you getting stuff? Why, why weren't you feeding him? Like, why weren't you doing that? That's that. really shocking you didn't do that. And also, you're a woman sitting at the feet yeah. of the rabbi listening to him. So this is countercultural in a gendered way as well. And, and the really interesting thing there, Martha was not just doing lots of serving, but was distracted by her yeah. serving. So she could have done some hospitality and done some listening, but actually her priorities were mm-hmm, maybe mm-hmm. a little different. Mm-hmm. And she actually got distracted. There was always more. She could be doing in the hospitality mm-hmm. thing, and the actually spending any time with Jesus, drawing close to yeah, Jesus, yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of became a background thing to her. And so she and she was frustrated by a sister, which, yes, any siblings. <laughs> you've <laughs> seen some <laughs> version of this dynamic. Yeah, yes. You do the dishwasher. We yeah, were told yeah, to do it, yeah. do a shelf each of the dishwasher. Well, yeah, you it's know, yeah. like all those things, <laughs> yeah. right? We we felt this frustration we yeah. can associate with this. And she complains to Jesus, don't you care? My sister's leaving me to serve. Yeah. Like, why is she doing this?
1: Tell her. Get, get off her yeah. butt. Come so, help me.
0: So Martha thinks, yeah. like, hey, my sister's priorities are wrong, and she's not fulfilling her purpose okay. right now, Jesus, and you should tell her off for having the wrong purpose. And Jesus answers and says, and this Martha, like, repetition of her name.
1: Is, is that when he says it, it's – I've always read into that. He's like this soft, like, Martha yeah this gentle but yet very intimate and
0: personal almost an invitation i think it is it's like really strongly relational okay yeah yeah Yeah. you're anxious and troubled about many things but one thing is necessary and mary's chosen it and i'm not going to take it away from her yeah and you talk about simplicity of purpose yeah one thing's necessary to, to, be to draw close, to, to be, close, be to Jesus. close to Jesus. And she's doing it. Yeah. Like, I, I, and just this radical, I, 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 in the midst of it, it's not a rebuke, but it is a challenge to her mm. of like, mm. your purposes and priorities are actually, because he says you're distracted by many things. So he's actually saying, not just you got this one thing wrong, but like mm. you're confused. There's mm. a confusion, there's an overwhelmedness of purpose. Mm and what Jesus says to her is like there's one thing that's actually necessary hmm. only one hmm. like and so there's the offer of simplicity and some freedom in this and Jesus isn't saying like hospitality is not a good thing it's not necessary martha hmm. only one thing's necessary there's only one thing you need to care about as much as you think you need to care about lots of things there's only one that needs that much care so it's just an offer to close. take all of that energy she's exerting, trying to care about lots of things, trying to control lots of things, yeah. and just be like, you don't need to be doing that. Yeah. I, I see such an offer of freedom to Martha yeah. in, in what Jesus Let says. Let go of that. Yeah,
1: it's it's distracting you.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Come to me, and it's I, I just hearken back to you know, Matthew. Sorry, Matthew uh, eleven. Twenty-eight, right? Come to me. Yeah, <laughs> you know, lay your burdens you down. Are, who are heavy-laden? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, And that's—it seems like that's it.
0: You know, I'm gonna. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: You know, uh, yeah. I, it's so
0: re- its interesting because we don't have the same culture of hospitality and things like that. Like this, dy- this exact dynamic probably doesn't play out in our interactions with situations and people. But mm. under the hood, the kind of attitudes of feeling like we have to nail everything, we have to control everything, mm. we have to be on top of everything, we have to do our, like, everything's necessary. Mm. Um, that is actually rife in our culture. So mm. we could, I feel like we can associate in our culture really strongly with this story about Mary and Martha.
1: Yeah, I think even, in, uh, even within the church and within our Christian walk, sometimes we can get so... I think, wrapped up in doing what are very good things, but mm-hmm. it's this activity of service, you know what I mean? And it can be a distraction from, uh, I like what Angela had said earlier, like, am I busy or am I ha- do I ha- have room yes. in my day yeah. to draw close to them And I feel like we're doing the right things. Mm-hmm. Like we're, we are, and that feels important, but this is a good check yeah. for us as we look at that and like, yeah, none of that's bad necessarily, but um, am I drawing close to Jesus? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah.
0: Hmm. Well, there we go. That's an hour and ten seconds. That's enough. Oh, there we go. Almost okay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see but we you did next talk week. about a whole chapter. So, yeah. so yeah, next week we'll be into chapter eleven. And actually, yeah. we've this is the end of our simplicity right. chat. And there's going to be like in the next uh, section of Luke. Uh, as we prayed about what God, what God was going to have us focus on, there's a new uh, sort of storyline um, about prayer. So we're going to be really excited oh, be to awesome. um, get stuck into that. So keep reading, keep talking in your community and um, processing. And yeah, we'll look forward you to Sundays. next time.